Angie and Carly, two moms with two kids and two different types of cancer, lung and breast. They first met back in 2003 as AmeriCorps Promise Fellows in Boston, Massachusetts as struggling college graduates trying to find their way. Fast forward 16 years later, Angie's in Switzerland and Carly's in London, and they find their friendship reunited by cancer. Join these moms as they navigate through what it takes to heal themselves while raising kids in an expat world. Hey. Yeah, so segueing back into the trust. So I, I met with my surgeon, and um, as you know, and um, it was a day diagnosed June 3rd, and I told them that I've never really trusted anyone in my life aside from my mom because she gave birth to me. Um, and, I mean, you never really think of that sort of thing, do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I said, look, okay, um, I'm trusting you with my life now, mm-hmm. and because of that um, – you know, you're going to need to work with me. And I said, we're going to have to create a partnership. It's going to have to be something where I, I have to have a laugh. Um, I know you're a very serious doctor and, and that's your reputation. And I appreciate that. But working with me, you're going to have to have a laugh. <laughs> because, um, <laughs> because um, you know, I'm trusting you, but you also kind of have to work with me. Like, you know, I'm going to know you for, ye- I'm going to know you for like years and years and years. So we mm-hmm. need to become friends. You know, that sort of a thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to be the best of friends. He needs to do his job and advocate for me. But, you know, we have to have a give, give and take. And yeah. um, I can honestly say, you know, I mean, I said that just because I was nervous and I don't even know what came to mind, mm-hmm. but um, something along those lines. But um, so, you know, because because I do have a small, you know, a small, he saw my one, you know, my youngest daughter. And then obviously he met Holly as he, he moved along or what have you. He's been absolutely brilliantly understanding when it comes to the children. Like he always asks about the children. He, you know, when I first had my first surgery, um, so I met with him on that Saturday, and then I think I had surgery a week or two later. You know, he made sure I could stay in hospital as long as possible because obviously after breast, you know, I had a lumpectomy and my lymph nodes out, I'm not supposed to be lifting things, doing things, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he's been absolutely brilliant and understanding in that aspect. And I've, I've never in my life had felt like I had to trust somebody with my life. <laughs> yeah. Aside from my mom. I mean, can you relate to that? Like you just, you yeah, never really yeah. think about it. For, I, it's my doctor. Well, actually he's my pulmologist because they were first dealing with like the pneumonia thing. And then I met my oncologist right before my yeah. surgery. But, um, you know, when the doctor who diagnosed me, I was like, look, the first thing I told him was, um, I, don't give me a prognosis. I don't want a prognosis right. because, you know, I I hear all the time about, you know, doctors that say, oh, you have like this and this, you know, amount of time to live. And, you know, this these are the statistics. I was like, I don't care about statistics. I don't care about prognosis. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and heal and, you know, and beat this. Mm-hmm. And, and then I don't want to No. And then he told me, he's like, yes, and do me a favor and don't <laughs> look on the Internet. <laughs> like, don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Google. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, especially for like lung cancer. Oh my gosh. The statistics are grim. So I was like, okay, I'm glad, you know, like for the first two weeks or so, I I, I was quite proud of myself. I didn't actually look on online and I was just reading, you know, just about like reading Mm -hmm. these books, you know, like Chris beat cancer and radical Mm -hmm. remission and like listening to, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton and, Joe Dispenza about and Louise Hayes about how you can heal yourself and and I'm just like you know I'm I'm just gonna do everything like of course I'm gonna take my medication and my chemo and everything but I'm right. also going to you know explore um all the other like alternative 
complementary medicines, which actually helps more with the secondary side effects. Than yeah, yeah, the complementary therapies, yeah. as they call it. Yeah, like the yeah. acupuncture and massage and yeah. reflexology and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it was almost that like I was just like, you know, I don't have time to feel sorry for myself because... <laughs> no, she'll no, give me that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, no, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm just going to, you know, go ahead and just, okay, now we've got a new project and we've got... Yeah, <laughs> and the funny thing was, it's not really funny, but um, like leading up to all of this, you know, I, you know, like had a really bad cough and was coughing up blood and, you know, they diagnosed me with, you know, tuberculosis and sarcoidosis and like pneumonia and all these other things. But I met two, there were two women that I met. Like the first one, because I, um, I teach English and I was teaching her mm. and she had six months to live. And she had, okay. um, she had cancer of, um, uh, like, what is it, groin cancer? I don't know the exact. Bowel? Or is it her, um, in her colon? No, in her groin area. Okay, okay. And and she was given six months to live. And, you know, she was like, the treatments weren't working anymore. And, you know, and I, and I was with her for those six months. And this lady was like the most pessimistic cancer patient I'd ever met in my life like she was you know right. she even signed up for Switzerland's um exit it's a it's a thing called exit where it assisted suicide and oh yeah I've heard yeah. that yeah. and I asked her I was just like well why would you sign up for that when you know you're in your fourth month of your six month diagnosis uh, you know your six month of prognosis yeah code. and she was like because if I live an extra day I want them to kill me and I thought to myself, mm. oh, my gosh, if I have cancer, those I, I remember I, I wrote it down like in my in my diary. I was like, OK, yeah, if I ever have cancer, like, you know, I will remember this lady and, you know, think about, you know, like my will to live because she had just like given up like she was, you know, like her husband, yeah. her husband left her um, for another woman. She like um, she wanted me to make a fake Facebook account for her so that she could like. Um, you know, tell the other woman how like bad she was feeling, and she was just just like, all in her feelings, and like I felt really bad for her, but I but at the same time I'm just like, you know, just enjoy the last moments that you have in your life. Like, don't be so consumed by this man who you know obviously, you know, doesn't care for you and stuff. But anyway, so that happened, and then um, you know, I was in and out of the hospital, so I couldn't really teach her. So I reached out to her at one day. And I said, you know, we've right, seen yeah. each other in a long time. How are you? And she wrote to me, like she texted me, Angie, I am dying. I'm on my deathbed. Um, and I was like, okay, can I come see you? Oh, no. She said, she said, um, no, by the time you come, I'll be gone. And oh, so like I called her, like we said our goodbyes and it was like kind of surreal. And that was in February, like right before I went right. to the hospital. Then I went back to the hospital and um, they didn't have a private room for me. They had just the... Um, I was sharing it with this lady and, you know, like the whole night I'd been coughing. She'd been coughing. She's pacing up and down the room because she had a biopsy and she was waiting the results and she was super nervous. And like, we talked for like three hours that night. Then in the morning, the doctors come and like, you know, like in the States, there's like no such thing as patient client privilege and, you know, privacy oh, yeah. and all this stuff. Like they literally just drew a curtain between me and her. <laughs> And, and and I heard everything and they told her that she has she's terminally ill. She has, you know, um, stage four lung cancer and that they're giving her like three months. To live. Oh, wow. 
and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like why, why do I keep hearing, like why am I surrounded, you know, with what's going on? Like for me, I was just like, this can't be a coincidence that I'm, like you know, hearing this. And and then you know, after she told her first reaction was, oh my gosh, how am I going to tell my son? Like, what am I going to tell him? And mind you, her son is 41 years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I think that mother thing never leaves I know, you there. No, it never leaves. And then, the, the, then the, what I remember the most is after all of this, she comes to my bed and she sits down at the foot of my bed and she's like, I'm sure you heard everything that the doctor said. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I heard everything. And she was just like, she's like, you know, the doctors seem pretty pessimistic, don't they? She's like, but what they don't know is that I'm a very optimistic person. And, you know, oh. I, she was just like, she's like, I didn't, you know, retire two weeks ago just to hear oh, that yeah. I have, you know, uh, lung cancer and that, you know, I've got three months to get my affairs in order. She's like, I'm going to beat this. And, and then we became friends. And, like... And, you know, we would, like, yeah. tea together, like, in the hospital and stuff. And I almost feel like these two women were preparing me for what I'm going through now. And that's why I was just like, wait a minute. No, it wasn't for nothing that I met them. And, you know, like, I've got to be positive about this. And, you know, no time to sulk. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose we've had similar experiences where we met people that were diagnosed, you know, whether it's, you know, along the way. Mm -hmm. And you just think... Um, you almost think, oh, I'm so sorry that it's happening to you and blah, blah, blah. But then I still, I think I still thought it wasn't going to happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I was. Yeah, because it's like, like you know, one, in, one in three people have, you know, cancer and you're like, okay, I'm not the, I'm not the one yeah, that's going to yeah. have it. I mean, I suppose, yeah. So I can't remember how my surgeon had, you know, worded it to me about that I, you know, I had cancer or what have you in those specific words or what have you. But you, you almost, think that no it, it won't be me it will happen to people that I know yeah. um and you know I, I suppose I wouldn't think like I'm invincible for everything like obviously mm -hmm. the statistics show that people get things anyway mm -hmm. but you know I, I always felt like you know I used to do all these charity runs like I walked I think I walked the Boston Jimmy Bun Marathon like for children's cancer what have you I've done all these breast cancer things all these cancer events charity runs blah blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and so you I've felt, been on the you, other felt side. Like you you did your cancer duty that <laughs> <laughs> not, not only that I, I used to do a lot just in, in memory of my aunt you know my mm -hmm. aunt Mary mm -hmm. and to raise money and that sort of a thing okay but I suppose it could be a duty as well but it was more like I was on the other side so I didn't fully understand mm -hmm. but now that I'm on the other side <laughs> mm -hmm. it's different so I was just like it's easy to raise money isn't it yeah just sort exactly. of out. But I mean, it's, you know, there's challenges along the way, obviously. Um, and I think I bruised my foot when I did the, you know, the Jimmy Fun Marathon and I had to take a day off work or something like that. But that's, that's minor. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's minor. That's absolutely minor. Yeah. And, you know, I've never been on, on the other side. And, and, you know, I just did the Race for Life frequent, um, recently, um, you know, and I, as a cancer survivor, that sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciate all the hard work and, you know, everything that people puts into the event and running and so on and so forth. But then I had a sense like, I'm still in the sense like, no, it's not me, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. But, then, but, you know, at the start line, I had these these emotions that, you know, came up or what have you. So I don't, I don't know if it's, there's something when you're diagnosed and I don't know if it's because I think, um you know, I'm, I'm an optimistic type of person. So I'm just thinking, all right, we're going to do this. Let's do this. You know, that sort of a thing. But then it's still, you know, even three years on, I still kind of have that shock factor. Like, I feel like, no. Yeah. Wow. So, so that never really goes away. 
Um, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not gone away for me. I don't think. I mean, not in a bad way, but it's just like mm-hmm. I suppose you'll notice as you as you move along as a mom, like people's lives revolve. They move around, don't they? They yeah. move on. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, it, and for me, I go through peak cancer periods and then less peak, and then I enjoy that. It's almost like a wave, you know, wavelength sort of thing, mm. where um, you know, on the heart monitor sort of thing, where they go up and down, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. You're in like pink, pink cancer mode, and then you've got to adjust your life and all the appointments and blah blah blah. And you're you have a few months off, then you're back up again. <laughs> you know, mm. it's like wave. I think it's because I've had to take ongoing drugs. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's you know it's the drugs and the appointments and the bedema and all these random other things that I've had. But had I not had that, then obviously it would just be I was like diagnosed and you know then I see the doctor once a year and that sort of a thing. But that's just not you know that's yeah. not the case. yeah um, yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird, it is weird though when you're diagnosed, isn't it? I don't know how to s- s- describe it. It's just one of those things that, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, it's so, I think it's, you'll just like be forever processing, I guess, because, you know, every day yeah, yeah. is different. I feel like, you know, you're never going to reach the point where like, okay, like I, like full and total acceptance and just, yeah, you know. I think they call it like living with. You get used yeah, to living with. Yeah, that yeah but, you know, I mean, my doctor told me that that's what I have to think of it. He's like, think of it as you having a chronic disease. And yeah, yeah. Now you're just, you know, you're you're living with it. But I'm still, I don't know, maybe because I'm still like, it's only been a month for me and I'm still kind of yeah, yeah. open and stuff. But I'm like, you know, no, like I don't want to live with cancer. Like I want to be healed. I want, you know. Yeah, like, same. <laughs> same. You know? Like, it's just like. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're saying that, and uh, in, in obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. it's like um, you just kind of want to like live your life the way it used to be. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like it's this is just like a little challenge at the moment, and then it will go away. And you know, my, my it's like when you're a mom and you like kiss your child when they um they fall down. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah, it'll be better. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That sort yeah. of a thing, and, and you kind of want that to sort of go away. But unfortunately, it's just one of those things where you have to kind of get used to learn learning to live with. And I think it takes time, yeah. Um, and um, you know, time and love and and that sort of a thing. I mean, you know, it's just it comes it comes as time goes along. But um, you know, I think probably for the both of us, diagnosis day was it was a big day in our lives, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, we don't want to make it the biggest day in our lives, do we? No. <laughs> Um, you know, because I mean, yeah, it just I never it never occurred to me to say, oh, okay, just add that to one of my key dates, like you know, your marriage date. Yeah, or, exactly. It's not it's not a key date, like you know, when I got cancer yeah. or when I found out. <laughs> Almost like, could we buy ourselves a piece of jewelry for it? Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. Um, you know, just something. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll actually say a friend of mine that I went to nursery school with back back in the day. So you know. I'm, 41 now so I must have known her known her since I was five her mom actually died of, of cancer I can't remember what kind when she was young mm-hmm. um she's probably about five or six or maybe a little bit older and she bought me this really nice ring oh wow. so it's three rings and one of them says survivor on it so it's silver mm-hmm. and in the middle this nice little lovely design and then that's the second ring and then the third ring is the you know the ribbon symbol mm. um and it's something that I sort of refer to um, just to sort of keep myself in check. Mm. And my cousin also bought me a bracelet. Um, it's a really cool copper bracelet. And um, 
it has a few charms on it and one of them is bring the ruckus <laughs> so oh, oh the vested man that's like my um your MO. Uh, focus yeah but i did get people did actually get me some nice jewelry um oh, that's nice which is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's lovely, actually. Um, but then again, it's got that sort of, you know, when you get a piece of jewelry, you kind of want it to be sparkly, shiny, which they are, and I love them yeah. to bits. Well, did you get, did you, speaking of jewelry, did you get a push present? Uh, no, I didn't from when I, when I, when I um, you had your babies. <laughs> no, but I think, I think what happened is my husband bought himself an iPad. When oh, we had a- oh. And then he bought a newer iPad when we had the second daughter or something along those lines. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So no, it didn't get a push present. (laughs) How about you? Did you get any? I did actually. I got um, both times. Actually, like my my husband, he didn't call them push presents because like he didn't know them as such, but I called them push presents (laughs) because it was like, so he got both times my kids' um, birthstones. So I got, okay. I got amethyst. I got an amethyst jewelry set um, with my daughter, who was born in February, and then yeah. I got a ruby one for my son, who was okay. born in in January. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a, those those are the sort of milestones we're talking about, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> those things that you enjoy and you know not want to forget, basically that sort of a thing. Yeah, I guess and, um, this is kind of and like no offense, I'm not trying to you know downplay anybody's like pain or anything but the thought that just came to my mind was just um this is kind of like when you think about dates that you always remember but not you know a positive thing and I was thinking of 9-11 like you know like you remember exactly where you were on 9-11 right yeah Yeah, I was in mass mentoring going up the the lift elevator (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea Street, 105, Sweet 3. Yes, there you go. You know exactly where you were. And I was eating paella at my host mother's um, house in Spain. So there you go. See? It's like like one of those things that you sort of remember. And obviously, and I think think the, the cancer story is the same, like the diagnosis day. It's just one of those things that you don't really forget, but you kind of want to. But you're like, hey, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Um. No, I, I think I'll have to start working on my husband about a push present then. I mean, it's a bit late. So I think you, you missed the boat. You missed the boat, Carly. Yeah, yeah, which reminds me, actually, I saw in, in the magazine, in one of the Sunday, I guess it would be the Sunday Times magazine or one of those magazines, um, and but Salt and Pepper, the rent of London. Oh, busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you're thinking, push it real good. I think I've got something going on that day, but I was like, oh, maybe I should get some tickets just for some like old, you know, old school sort of, you know, funny songs back in the day sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like diagnosis day, diagnosis day was, you know, it's it's there with me, and I actually I kind of wrote like a little little poem or beats about it. Do you mind oh, if I share it? Yes, please. Um, so it's, it's still like a work in it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, the man wanted to sing it with me or like come along with me, you know, or <laughs> like George Ezra, <laughs> anyone like that, someone from Rudimental, I'd be absolutely over the moon. Okay. Um, but I call it Diagnosis Day. Mm-hmm. It's Diagnosis Day, what can I say? I dropped my three-year-old off, three-year-old off at Tiffany's and rolled up with my baby. Well, <laughs> did I know, it wasn't a drop and go. I totally lost my flow of tears. Mm-hmm. They came down. It's Diagnosis Day, what can I say? Was it a dream? Am I taking one for the team? 
what the heck does this mean? And I think that's where we're at. Like, we're like, what does this mean? Aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I could, I should have, I should have wrapped him up. I could be Cinderella. Some beatboxing. <laughs> Give you a beatbox. I'm terrible at beatboxing. <laughs> Obviously, I'd have to practice it. I, I just mm-hmm. perform it for like reading it. But well, have you, you have you like done any performances? Like, um... oh no, I think um, I mean all I've ever done really is I played the saxophone when I was in school. Oh okay, <laughs> you know, in in the band or whatever. I wasn't that great though. For many years, I just I didn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I was also in. Uh, the choir when I was in school. school. Oh, okay. Eighth grade or something like that. But used to joke with me that I couldn't really sing because we used to have a treadmill in our house and I'd be singing when I was running. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That's difficult to do, though, to sing and run at the same time. Well, it means I wasn't going fast enough, surely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 but I I made it actually, somehow I was selected to go to some sort of something else, the Chocolate Institute in New York to sing or what have you. Oh. So now my voice is on point. What about you? Have you done performances? Oh, oh yes, I am a performer. You did not know. <laughs> you used to do music or something, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was such a nerd. I was like, in every like everything. I was in jazz band. I was in the orchestra. I was in the symphonic orchestra. I was in the choir, the gospel choir, the chamber music. I was in like the like, New York State. Like I was even in bell choir. <laughs> Okay, what do you do in bell choir? You play bells? Exactly what it sounds like. It's bells <laughs> that you ring and it's a choir. So you're like <laughs> so you're playing songs but like, you know, with the bells. And you do you sing though or not? Or is it just like No, you don't sing. You don't sing. You just play you play the songs um with the bells. Okay. And, um, everybody holds like two bells. And then <laughs> you like read the music and then like, you know, you go ding. Either you have like a bass bell. Or, I mean, I was, yeah, I was a real nerd back in school. So that's, I mean, but, that sounds pretty, I mean, thinking about it now, <laughs> that sounds quite <laughs> Yeah, we used to like go caroling and stuff. Um, <laughs> and we oh, yeah, were, like, yeah. yeah, with our bell choir. Oh, it was good. Yeah, but you know what? With me, my, my parents had, for a while I had rented my saxophone and then my parents bought a saxophone and they're like, I bought the saxophone, you're sticking with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to stick with it. Um, wow. they, which is good, actually. They made me stick with it even though I wanted to stop because I only had started playing because my one of my good friends Please. decided she wanted to play the saxophone. I was like, oh yeah, I'll do that. And then she stopped. But my parents said, nope, you're carrying on. Carly. <laughs> good on them. Good on them. I'm trying to get my kids I'm trying to get my kids to be more into like, I mean, they love music and stuff, but you know, I want them to start taking lessons, but I don't want them to start hating it. So it's kind of, I'm, you know, I just like leave the instruments kind of out and have them discover it. But, um, but you know, I'm trying not to be like this tiger mom where it's like, okay, you have to learn how to play the violin and the, you know, have you, but Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I bought uh, for the girls, I bought it more for Harley, but then obviously Abby needed to have one as well, a recorder. Mm-hmm. And I bought this music book. I think it was an Usborne one, which is like, you know, major children's uh, book or what have you. Mm-hmm. They do children's books. And um, yeah, they've not really played it much, but it's in their <laughs> toys and they'll play it, you know, as and when they want to. Yeah. But I've not gone over anything with them. And boy, I'm telling you, that's tough on the ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa. But yeah, I think, I mean, music lessons is good. I think it's, obviously, I sort of wrote something because it's a way to cope or, like, express yeah. yourself, basically. Exactly. Yeah, um, for, yeah, for real. Like, I 
yeah, like, you know, picking up the ukulele when I was at the clinic and the hospital yeah, yeah. and stuff. And my son now, he's like totally into drums and he drums everywhere. And my sister got him a drum set for Christmas, but luckily he hasn't been using it so much. <laughs> yeah, because it's tough on the ears. Like I said. Yeah. But yeah, I think... Um, you know, when it comes to like coping with things, obviously coping with cancer or that sort of a thing, um, I think sometimes it's good to have an outlet. And I think yeah. probably one of the silver linings of cancer actually is I feel like it's made me a bit more creative. Mm. So I love like now, I mean, obviously business degree, so on and so forth, you think, hmm. But, um, you know, I like um, I like baking now um, with the children especially. Mm. Um, Were you a baker like before? Like I was no, no, baker no. and I can't say no, I, I can't bake anything now. Oh, it's awful. I got this really nice Kenwood mixer actually, so that sort of helped. Um but I and enjoy now you sort like of to bake? Yeah, I like doing creative things. I like it. I think for me it's an outlet. Okay, um and also um I like playing around in Canva and like doing graphic design stuff, just oh, playing nice. around. Like our and logo, but, our nice little logo. Yeah, like, just like random <laughs> things like that would totally never be me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, um, I also like um on YouTube, they do these like um, how to draw videos. Oh, um, my kids so watch those. <laughs> yeah, so I started doing it with Holly actually. And I must say, like, I'm not creative, not an artist at all. Like, it's mm -hmm. just not my thing. But I mean, I quite enjoy it. It's just, it's quite calming. And um, I've really got this baby unicorn down, I think. So that's yeah, my thing. Yeah, that's, that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing. You know, if I go down and if I go down too young, mm -hmm. you just know. I can draw that baby unicorn. <laughs> she can draw the hell out of the baby unicorn. <laughs> I mean, if I go down, I'm going to go down fighting, right? Yeah. It is yeah. I, can draw that, I mean, I can say, you know, I can draw that baby unicorn on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> you should, <laughs> you should monetize. You should make a video and monetize. And get some yeah. money. Honestly, though, they've got these, they've got a few other things, actually. So I've actually persuaded some of my friends i'm like yo although you might be in the states or you might be in whatever our country we should hook up on youtube mm -hmm. you know draw the same picture and then make it like a drinking game or something <laughs> and then, and then we can all do it remotely and share you know mm -hmm. i started using um for another side project i started using the zoom meeting app or what have you uh -huh. and, um, you can share your screen and stuff so i'm like this is perfect get a gin and a tin or whatever uh -huh. obviously we don't talk about drinking on the show but it's just a no. way for women to unwind <laughs> 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 draw those pictures and I think for me that's sort of like an outlet and I also yeah. know like another friend of mine that was diagnosed with cancer quite young she's quite creative now as well so she's bought like a cameo she's really into it man <laughs> wow you know it's funny because as we're speaking I am yeah. coloring my coloring through cancer book <laughs> okay they have lovely like designs and things or yeah and then they have like affirmations like for okay. you, color so things like you know I will get through this and I'm, okay. I'm not alone and the pain I'm feeling doesn't compare to the joy that's coming and you know it's all these um and you, yeah you, you're coloring them so. it's almost like that um do you remember that calendar that Justin used to have in his desk I can't remember it's like Dirk or Durkle or whatever but like the day, daily oh, calendar yeah. I remember that yeah. I don't remember what the actual character's name is, but it's like a yeah, it was something with a D. Yeah, something with a D. Actually, I'll have to look yeah. that up. But um, yeah, it's a good way to just like chill out, um, relax, and then obviously unwind as we're, we're about to do with this session. Actually, yes. Um, yes. So there you have it, people. That's our diagnosis day. What can yes. we say? 
<laughs> Bye. You have to find out some way. <laughs> find out some way. It's too late. Cracking Cancer Chit Chat is where we are at, folks. Keeping it real and letting you in on how we really feel. It ain't easy for us, and we hope you never join our cancer team. Know what we mean? But if you or yours do, we're here for you. So check yourself and be the best version of you. It's all all you you can can do. do. Bye, okay. Angie. Yeah. Bye. That, was, that wasn't okay. too bad, actually.